the Slaughter in May podcast. Hi, I'm Lisa Wright. I'm a partner in the competition and regulatory team at Slaughter in May. I'm going to talk to you today about the developments in foreign investment control that we're seeing in the context of COVID-19. The pandemic is obviously having a major impact on the global economy. And with high market volatility, we might in due course expect to see investors looking to pick up acquisition targets at cheap prices. Fearing a sell-off of strategic assets, governments in Europe and elsewhere are tightening up their foreign direct investment controls. In this podcast, I'm going to look at the EU's existing foreign investment or FTI framework and the European Commission's recent guidance to member states on deploying FDI screening to protect critical businesses. I'll then take a look at FDI controls at national level, both within and outside the EU, and the changes that are being made to respond to the economic effects of the COVID-19 crisis. So turning first to the framework in the EU. Foreign direct investment has been a growing concern within the EU for some time, particularly with respect to foreign investors engaged in strategic activities and controlled or financed by third-party states. This concern crystallised in the EU FDI screening regulation, which was adopted last year and will enter into full effect later this year in October. The regulation doesn't go so far as to create a one-stop-shop FDI screening regime for the EU, like there is for merger control, and nor does it impose a requirement for EU member states to even have an FDI screening regime at all. In fact, only around half of them do. But what it does do is introduce a mechanism for the European Commission and member states to cooperate and share information about FDI screening taking place at national level. Fast forward to this year and faced with the COVID-19 crisis, in late March, the European Commission published guidance to member states on screening foreign direct investment in strategic industries from non-EU countries. In the guidance, the Commission emphasises that the EU is open to foreign investment which it sees as essential for the bloc's economic growth, and that it wants the EU to remain an attractive destination for foreign investors. But the Commission also says that one of the possible consequences of the COVID-19 crisis is an increased risk to strategic industries, in particular healthcare-related industries. It points to an increased risk of attempts by foreign investors to buy up European healthcare capacities, like production of medical or protective equipment, or research centres. The Commission stresses that the EU's openness to foreign investment needs to be balanced by appropriate screening tools to make sure that foreign investment doesn't harm the EU's ability to look after the health of its citizens. In its March guidance, the Commission made two pleas to Member States. First, it urged them to make full use of their FDI screening mechanisms, where they already exist, focusing on critical healthcare infrastructures, supply of critical inputs and other critical sectors. And second, for countries which don't already have FDI controls, the Commission urged them to put controls in place as soon as possible. A few weeks after the Commission published this guidance, the European Trade Commissioner, Phil Hogan, announced in mid-April that the European Commission will start monitoring inbound M&A activity itself, and facilitating the sharing of information between EU member states on pending FDI screening cases. So this is clearly an issue at the forefront of the Commission's mind. 
At a national level, we've already seen some EU member states accelerating or extending their FDI screening mechanisms in response to COVID-19. By way of example, Germany's lawmakers have agreed to tighten its existing rules to protect domestic firms from hostile takeovers by investors from non-EU countries. Under the new rules, future transactions which have implications for German security will be put on hold pending a final decision. The government will also be permitted to take measures which restrict investments at a lower level of risk. Watch this space as Germany has announced that it plans to update its regime further in the near future. Meanwhile, Italy has also extended the scope of its power to intervene in foreign acquisitions in strategic sectors as part of its measures to combat the economic effects of the pandemic. The Italian regime also now applies to acquisitions by EU companies in all strategic sectors, including banks, healthcare and food security, rather than just in the defence and national security sectors, as it did before. In a similar vein, the French government recently announced plans to extend its FDI screening regime to include biotech companies and to lower the threshold for scrutiny of acquisitions by non-European investors. This builds on steps the French government has been taking to strengthen the regime since the beginning of 2019. The measures adopted in Spain have been even more far-reaching. Spain did not previously have an extensive FDI screening regime, but in March of this year the Spanish government brought in a new FDI screening regime that applies to certain sectors and relates to public order, public health and public security. After some had initially thought that the regime would only apply during the COVID-19 crisis, the Spanish government later confirmed that the new regime was here to stay. But in contrast, there are a number of European countries which, at the time I record this, have not yet adopted new measures in response to the crisis. In some cases, this could be because reforms had already been put forward, as is the case in the UK and the Netherlands. In the Netherlands, there's no overarching legal framework that regulates foreign investment on grounds of national interest. Instead, the Dutch government can use sector-specific regulations to either refuse licences for certain business activities or block a change of control if it would affect public order, national security or security of supply. But again, watch this space. The Dutch government announced in 2019 that it does plan to introduce an FDI screening system which will cover foreign investment in vital infrastructure or technology affecting national security. Whether that will be accelerated in response to the COVID-19 crisis remains to be seen. Turning now to the UK, where similar to the Netherlands, there is currently also no specific FDI regime. However, the UK government does have the power to intervene in a transaction on public interest grounds, which include cases involving public security. This ground for intervention is broad. Of relevance to COVID-19 is that it could include security of supply of products or services which are considered essential for the protection of a population's health, particularly during a time of national emergency. The government also has the power to prevent control of an important manufacturing undertaking, passing to a non-UK resident, where this would be contrary to the UK's national interests. Although at the time I record this, that power has never been used. But change is on the way. Before the COVID-19 crisis, the UK government had already proposed a new foreign investment review regime. After a public consultation at the end of 2018, the proposed National Security and Investment Bill was then outlined at a high level in the Queen's speech in December 2019. 
but no further steps have since been taken to enact it into UK law. Under the proposals, the government would be able to review transactions on national security grounds. The proposals focus, in particular, on investments from potentially hostile foreign states in sensitive sectors such as national infrastructure, advanced technologies, services that are critical to the government, and emergency services. The regime would apply to a wide range of transactions, such as loans, acquisitions of land, and acquisitions of intellectual property, as well as acquisitions of shares in companies, which we might more obviously think of as being subject to foreign investment controls. Breaches of the rules would give rise to criminal as well as civil sanctions. There is no evidence at present of the reforms being accelerated in response to COVID-19, nor of the crisis giving the government cause to use its existing powers to protect critical UK businesses. Whether it will do so remains to be seen. Before I wrap up, let's look at what's been happening outside of Europe, where we have also seen some countries looking at their FDI regimes in response to the crisis. For example, in Australia, the government has recently announced that all proposed foreign investments which fall within the scope of Australia's FDI legislation will require approval, regardless of the value of the transaction, the nature of the foreign investor or the sector involved. In Canada, the government has said that until the economy recovers from COVID-19, it will enhance its scrutiny of foreign investments which relate to public health or the supply of critical goods and services, and that the enhanced scrutiny will also apply to all foreign investments by state-owned investors. India has also amended its existing foreign investment regime to prevent opportunistic takeovers, taking the rather unique approach of requiring government approval for any investment from entities based in countries which share a land border with India. So to sum up, governments around the world are looking to tighten up their foreign investment screening regimes amid the extreme economic uncertainty caused by COVID-19. It remains to be seen whether countries that have not yet adopted new FDI screening measures will do so in the future. In the meantime, investors should be wary of an increased likelihood that national governments will want to use their existing tools to take a close look at foreign investments on national and public security grounds. Even before this crisis, there was a global trend towards the expansion and politicisation of foreign investment controls. With COVID-19, we're seeing that accelerating. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to discuss any of these issues, you can get in touch with me at the details on our website or with your usual Slaughter and May contact. For more information on this topic or to hear our other podcasts, please visit www.slaughterandmay.com. You can also subscribe to the Slaughter and May podcast on iTunes or Google Play.